Welcome back to Galaxy's Greatest, a Starfinder podcast trailing the adventures of a distant galaxy's greatest heroes as they tackle incredible challenges and uncover mysterious secrets. We have been off the air for a bit, and I have to say it's really good to be back. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Volume 1, Episode 11, Extraplanar Company. Last time, our heroes said goodbye to Liara, met a witch warper thief, executed a daring heist amidst station-wide lockdown, escaped just before Idari closed down, and caught a glimpse of the ship ushering in the packed world's newest race of people. Wanting nothing to do with the monstrous Shadow Drive vessel, our protagonists set their sights on the Tabard system to investigate the Discorp attack. Sakim drops the team off at Tabard Minor, then travels to Tabard Major to earn some creds for a smuggling gig. We'll pick up with him. All right, so hey everybody, my name is M and I'm the GM, and we have a one-person session today with Mitch, and I'm going to be playing uh, Sakim Kitterim or Devesh, depending on who I interact with. Sounds good. First thing to know is that the group just left Idari. They just made it out of the station and they are now on their way somewhere new. Uh, the group did decide to head over to the Tabrid system, which is actually in near space. So before we do anything, what I would like you to do, Mitch, is give me 3D6, because with your drift drive, you can travel through the drift and it will take 3D6 days. Four, six, is ten. My God, <laughs> it's gonna be a two-week trip. Uh, Fourteen days. Dang. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys are on your way to Tabrid Minor. It's gonna take you two full weeks to get there. That's a lot of time on the vagabond. That's so um, on the vagabond, we're gonna murder each other. <laughs> give me just to see how this goes, and we can fill the group in late. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a reminder: this is just me and Mitch today <laughs> for kind of a a one-person session. Give me a flat D20 to see how those 14 days go. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, could be better, could be worse. It's an 11. Okay, cool. I'll keep that in mind, and then we'll let the, let the group know yeah. what's going on. During those 14 days, what is one thing that you are planning to do? Definitely meditating on, like, I, I'm pretty sure I already know-ish what, the, like, the half-box artifact is. And I also know that it's half of the artifact, so it's probably not going to do anything without it. So I'd really like to focus on and maybe meditate with the um, the nice little wooden orb. Sounds good. Relic. Give me a mysticism check. Cool. 30. 30. Cool. Um, how many days during this trip are you spending to kind of meditate on this item? Probably at least two hours, two to three hours out of every day. Okay especially since Baza and I are still kind of not really on the greatest terms. Yeah, with with two to three hours every day, you are definitely going to get the sense that this is not from the material plane. This item is, just to describe it again for the listeners, it's a wooden ball. It's almost perfect. Well, it's perfectly spherical as far as you can tell. 
and it's made from a polished wood, polished down to a point where it glistens. It seems to have this reflective surface on it. It seems to have been polished in the past and surrounding it, as you meditate with it, as you try to connect with it, the first few times it just kind of sits idly on the floor in front of you. But later on in those two weeks, probably around the 10th day of meditating with this, it will start to levitate slightly off of the ground as you are meditating and connecting with this object. And then by the time you get to your, your 13th and 14th day meditating with this, the object is going to be at eye level across from you. And if you ever open your eyes during this meditation, you would also notice that it is slowly spinning, like rotating in place right across from your face. It seems that it is not from the material plane. Give me... I could always cast Identify on it. You can definitely try that, yeah. And also, what knowledge do you have? Do you like religion check or something? I have... I have engineering, and I have computers, and I have engineering, and I have computers. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so tell me again what Identify does. Um, identify, uh, I cast it, and it gives me a plus 10 bonus to identifying items of a magical or technological nature. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and roll a d20 and add that plus 10 to it. Yeah, it's a uh, 26. Okay, and what day are you doing this on? <clears throat> Probably the 13th day, where it's like I, op like, out, out of hand, I open my eyes and it's floating in front of me and slowly rotating, and I'm like, that's weird. Mm -hmm. um, and so I go through the identification ritual. Gotcha. So just to also kind of give you a little bit of background on those days leading up to the 13th day, you're not going to get much information out of this. It's hard to tell what this is. It's almost as if, uh, as if this object is so different from anything you know that it's hard to understand anything about it. Mm -hmm. with, with things on the material plane, there's this <laughs> general understanding of what things are. But it's kind of like this object isn't even remotely like anything on this material plane. And there's that connection of that understanding isn't quite there. Um, real quick, the spell does not allow me to identify artifacts. Okay, um, you don't know what this is. Um, the only thing you can kind of glean from it is that something extra planar created it, and it seems to have properties that involve necromantic energy, but it could also be that they have properties from the shadow plane, and it just looks like necromantic energy, it's really hard to tell. But those are the two ideas that you get right now without any other direction or guidance. Okay. One thing that you also will get with your original mysticism check mm -hmm. is that the alignment for this mm. seems to be somewhere on the good spectrum. Interesting. Yeah, and it's it's either good or it like maybe slightly neutral, but it's definitely not evil, which would be interesting considering mm -hmm. that you're sensing necromantic or shadow plane and en energy from this. 
So that's what you're going to get from this. Uh, that's about 14 days, two to three hours of meditation on this item. When you arrive at Tabard Minor, uh, you mentioned that you are going to just pretty much be dropping the group off mm -hmm. and then heading over to Tabard Major to finish that job. If, that there's, if there's any time for me to do one more thing in that two weeks, yeah. whether or not it's even possible, I'm not sure, but I would love to potentially work with Dexter to try to locate like on Space eBay or Space Amazon like someone potentially selling a plasma sword okay just just like i don't have the money for it right now i definitely don't but like just pricing out what would that look like since i can't build my own yet yeah dexter will go ahead and say of course captain devesh excuse me captain sakim uh sir what would you like me to call you you know it seems that um jack had a very good uh, nickname that could be helpful for everyone as a stepping stone and so maybe uh i will just go by zavesh for now very well captain zavesh i will make sure that i include plasma swords in my searches in settlements nearby and Excellent. so he's gonna go ahead and, and uh <clears throat> basically start running the numbers to see if there's anything nearby where you, you could either order a plasma sword to be sent to you or where you could just go out and purchase it. And he'll keep that, he says he'll keep that in the books, like in the records for any star system you travel to, mm -hmm. any planet you travel to. If there's something there, he will ping it and let you know. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Cool. Um, and I will also let him know, hey, also, in the event that um, someone not a member of the crew is talking with us, just be safe. Call me Devish. Acknowledged. Cool. When you get there, uh, you're able to drop off the crew like you had planned on Tabard Minor, pretty near the settlement of Vol Volti. And then from there, you can go ahead and head straight over to Tabard Major if you'd like, and you can get that smuggling job done. Hey, yeah, let's go do that. Give me a D6. Oh, God. Come on. Please roll up. I know. I know. I'm like, please roll up. Please roll up. Please roll up. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. Nice. Cool. So it'll take you one day to get over to Tabard Major. All right. When you get there, there's a small outpost that is suspended in the upper atmosphere of this gas giant. So as you approach the planet, what you see is pretty much this giant gas planet surrounded by what looks to be clouds of gas that are kind of just hanging around the planet and orbiting within the planet. They seem to be part of the planet's exterior environment. Like it's kind of just sitting there. Think of nebula, um, mm -hmm. except just on a planet scale. Interesting. Um, it's not super uncommon to see. Usually what happens when you have large gas giants like this is they do pull in other gases mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. due to their gravity. And so... Some gases are just in the process of being pulled into that planet. And the station, it's a small outpost. Pretty much it has like jets that are keeping it up in the air or up in the upper atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And you're hailed by the station. Someone hails you and says, welcome to Asteria Station. We're tracking your approach. Uh, what business do you have at this outpost? Uh... Yeah, this is uh, Devesh Starworth with the uh, ANV Vagabond. I am here to make a delivery. Uh, what is what is your delivery to this station? 
Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I, I picked up this cargo back in uh, Idari in the Pact World system, and uh, they told me to deliver it here. I am but a simple truck man, delivery boy, whatever you want to call me. And so the, the man on the other end will say, all right, please dock at Bay 4, Mercenary. Our captain will meet with you to begin unloading your cargo. Um, you will be presented with payment once the cargo is verified. Uh, again, docking Bay 4, and we'll go ahead and get you started once you get here. That sounds just peachy. All right, and you'll, have, you'll be able to make your way over to docking Bay 4. And it's a simple exchange. Dock your ship. You have about three or four guys that come over to help you, and they pull the cargo from the ship. Wherever you tell them to go, they'll go ahead and grab it and load it onto these like hover dollies, and then they'll pull it out of the ship and take it off on its way. Uh, as you do this, there's an older human man, seems to be in his maybe late 60s, pretty gruff looking guy. He's got a full beard, gray hair, and he's wearing some pretty gnarly armor. He explains he's the captain of this outpost. He's a member of the Free Captains, which are you would know are a pirating group, uh, and they just kind of handle odd jobs that need to be handled, and he manages this outpost. Is there anything you wanted to talk to him about? Does he need a freelancer? Uh, he'll say, I mean, at this time, no. You know, the free captains operate pretty much only within the free captains. I appreciate your enthusiasm to help us out, um, but no, I don't have any jobs to offer to freelancers unless you were to join on with the free captains and become part of our league. And uh, what exactly does that entail? Give me a mercenary check. Or a, it's a smuggler check, right? Smuggler. Yeah, smuggler check. Uh, yeah, that's 23. Okay. I'm going to read a little bit about the free captains to you. Excellent. Uh, and you would probably know a little bit about their rules in being a member of the free captain. No free captain will attack another outside of a council-approved duel. Clients paying the pirate council's steep fees for protection must enjoy complete security from unwarranted attacks. A deal is a deal, and once an individual free captain has made a bargain, they must honor it. All crew members are free to leave a ship before they step on that ship, but once they are on that ship, they must be ready to die for their cause if the captain commands it. You would also know that the free captains are, they're basically pirates. Some of them are good, some of them do good things, some of them do shady things, and you'd know that if you wanted to join, you probably wouldn't have a lot of clout within the organization and you'd get those shitty jobs where it's like, do I really feel okay with doing this right now? Mm -hmm. um, you might eventually be able to work your way up to become a captain, and then at that point you can order others around and do the jobs that you wanna do, but it takes a while to get there. They are most common in the packed worlds, but they operate out in your space as well. And it's basically just a safe way to be a mercenary that has the protection of this organization. Um, they are, sh they're a little shady though. And yeah. They, yeah. It's probably a little too shady for, for me, I'm cool. thinking. Um, so are you going to communicate that to him? Yeah. Okay. I'll just, well, thank you. If you, uh, if you ever need anything, um, on the down low, uh, shipped from one place to another, you, you got the ship's, uh, computer code anyway now, and you could just, uh, you know, send me a private message and, uh, always looking for work. He'll say, well, I appreciate uh, your time, Traveler. Here's your payment. He's going to hand you a credit stick with 300 credits on it. And he's going to say, wish you the best. You can go ahead and head back to Docking Bay 4 and get on your way. Uh, thank you kindly. And I'll uh, I'll do that. I'll okay. head, head back towards the ship. Give me a mysticism check. Oh, that's... 
it's a, a 13. Not 11, 11 plus two. Not going to give you much. Um, or I mean, two plus 11, I guess. Yeah, not going to give you much. Um, but you'll get back on your ship. And are you starting up your ship to head out? Yeah. All right. Yeah. As soon as you start up your ship, you're going to hear a little voice from inside your ship. Mm-hmm. Psst. Psst. Hey. Hey. Hey, you. Yeah. Hey. Hey, turn around. I'm going to slowly draw um, my uh, rotating pistol and turn around real fast and point it at where the voice is coming from. Okay, I want to send you a picture of what this person looks like. Excellent. Remember, you are inside of your ship. Yep. Okay. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> so think the size of Jack. Uh-huh. Um, purple little creature wearing some sort of space suit that looks very advanced, wearing goggles that seem to be almost glossy black across the entire thing with like a slit in the middle that is slightly lighter. It's not quite as black. It's not quite as dark. And I'm going to say again, hey, we, um, we sensed you here. And then another one is going to pop out of the top of the sea, like the ceiling. It's going to lower their head upside down with half of their body protruding from the ceiling. Um, I'm going to, at this point, I'm going to turn and like check my screens and see if there's like a gas leak or <laughs> like some other thing that I might be hallucinating. Because I have never seen little winged purple fairy creatures before. Everything seems normal. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, a third one is going to pop out from the bottom a few feet away from you. Uh, just from the floor, about half of mm -hmm. their body is going to come up from the floor and say, "Hey, you're really cool. We we sensed you here. You're you're kind of like us." And then a fourth one is going to appear from the hallway of your ship, saying, "Yeah, we we thought it would be fun to hang out. Do you want to hang out? Maybe we could do something together." You know, I got some time to kill. Why not? And all four of them, in unison, in sync, they put their hands together and they go, "Oh, happy day!" And then they twirl <laughs> in place in unison. And they kind of float down onto the the ground of your ship. And they the, the one who initially approached you says, please don't be afraid. We only visit certain people. And those who we visit, we just want to have fun with. We don't want to do anything bad to. Give me a sense motive check. <laughs> oh, boy, this is just... You know, the that mission in Skyrim where you have the drinking contest... Um, that's this, this right now is giving me mad, like drinking contest going to end up in the field somewhere vibes. Um, you said sense motive. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's a natural one plus nine for 10. So first off, the 10 will actually do it. Um, oh, good. they are not, they're not trying to hide anything. Literally, they seem to just be wanting to have fun. So the one that originally approached you is going to say, you're, you're different from these people. The ones here on the station, they're kind of mean and they don't like to play and, and we don't really want to go say hi to them. But we sense that you're kind of like us and you understand the universe like we do. And so we thought it would be fun to play. So do you think you would want to join us for some fun? You could help us if you want. It won't take very long and, and we'll make sure that we keep you safe. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't see any reason to not. Although I guess in the, uh, the interest of being honest and fair with you, I should probably just use my real voice. 
oh, you're keeping secrets like we are? How exciting. And then they all go, they put their hands together and they twirl in place and then they come back down. Then the second one that appeared out of the ceiling, who's now standing upright, her wings are going to flutter just a little bit. And she's going to say, our kind and generous dream giver, Desna, wishes us to prepare this planet for fusion. Would you want to come with us? What do you mean, fusion? Oh, he doesn't know. And then she's going to turn over to and look at the third one and say, do you want to explain? This could be really fun. And then the third one's going to say, yes, I would love to explain. Well, in about 10,000 years, this planet's going to become a star. And we want to make sure that it's ready. And we need to place something at the center of this planet so that it can actually become a star. You see, our kind and generous dream giver, Desna, give me a mysticism check. All of this is just wild. Oh, that's a good, that is a good, that is a 28. Desna, you mean the goddess of dreams and travel and stars? Desna, the literal goddess who lives in inside of a star? Desna, I'm that sorry. one, the good god? Do you, you literally mean like the goddess, Desna? Oh, yes, our kind and generous dream giver, Desna. She wishes to prepare this planet for fusion. So when you say fusion, you literally mean like the science type fusion, like that stars do. Yes. Excellent. And this is not going to happen like while I'm still on the planet. It's going to be like 10,000 years from now. The fourth one chimes in, holds up her wrist, and then shows you her wrist. And there's a, a clock on her wrist. And it's... And then she turns back and says, nope, 10,000 years. Sure, why not? I am I am all for making more stars. And they all go, oh, happy day. And they twirl and then come back down. Um, and so the one who initially approached you, uh, she's going to say, so we're the Trinidare. We are Asata from the Plain Elysium. And we are here to just explore and have fun. We like meeting new people, but we're very careful about who we introduce ourselves. And so every now and then we run into someone like you who understands the universe like we do. And when that happens, we always want to make friends. So que question for all of you. Uh, when was the last time? All of them say yes at the same time. Yes. When was the last time you met someone like me? And by like me, do you mean like because I am an Ifrit or because of other reasons? Oh, uh, like, like you, like, like, and they, they all go, <laughs> like you. Aha. Uh -huh. And excellent. And when was the last time you met someone who was, Ooh. and they hold up their hands and they go, Ooh, and they say, well, the last time that we met someone like you, was probably about, what do you think, girls? 2,000 years ago? Oh. But that's just us. I mean, there are so many others like us that travel throughout the, 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 the universe. And, and I'm sure that many of them have met others like you. Uh-huh. We've been spending a lot of time in Elysium. And so this is kind of our first trip out in a long time. So that probably has to do with, with the reason we haven't met too many people like you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Excellent. And, um, yes, good, wonderful. <clears throat> so, Will you excuse me for just one second? Sure. Is everything okay? Yeah, everything's, everything's fine. Um, and I'm going to send a telepathic message to Dexter. 
to um, quietly meet me in the captain's quarters or in the, the crew quarters where I sleep. And I'm going to walk in there and close the door. Okay. Yeah, Dexter will appear. And when he appears, he's going to start whispering, Hello, Captain Zavesh. What did you need? Uh, Dexter, it is, um, could you, can you run, I think it is, um, Baza usually does this, uh, it's a bioscan on the four, four, four individuals in the bridge? Uh, he says, yes, of course, I can do this, Captain Savesh. Um, and he's going to run that bioscan, and this is what he will come back to you with. He's going to say, yes, Captain Savesh, there are currently four hydrogen-based life forms on this ship. Excellent. Um, thank you. Uh, De- not Devesh, I'm Devesh. Uh, Dexter. Uh, <laughs> I'm not editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're not, because that's 100% in character. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, Dexter, um, lock down the ship. Uh, when I leave, and only open it for me, if this is okay. Dexter says, yes, of course. And you have, like, so hypothetical question. This is me being paranoid, probably, but would you, if someone were, like, disguised as me, would you be able to tell the difference between me and disguised me? Yes, of course. I can read your biometric scans and determine which person is the accurate Zavesh. Now, suppose someone has, um, polymorphed into me, or used magic to become me. Would there still be a difference? Likely, yes. There would be a discernible difference. Excellent. Good Good to know. Good Good to know. Okay. This has been a very strange day already, but I'm just going to, you know, write it out and see what happens. He gives you a thumbs up. I'm not dreaming, right? Uh, Dexter says, you seem not to be dreaming the four fairy-like creatures on our ship. Correct. Such is what I was afraid of. Okay. Let's do this. And I'll, uh, I'll open the door and... <laughs> In my brain, I imagine all four of them are just standing right outside the door. <laughs> Maybe they're still on the bridge. I don't know. Um, I think I think they actually are still on the bridge, and they're, like, looking at all of the controls. They're not touching anything. They're being very, very polite. But they're, like, all over the place, like, ooh, look at that. Oh, my gosh, look at this one. That's so cool. I haven't been on such a primitive ship in such a long time. <laughs> <laughs> And I love them. Poking around and looking at things. and I love them and I hate them all at the same time. <laughs> and they're going to say, okay, let's try something. Are you ready? Yes, I am definitely ready. And so one of them is going to go ahead and take her pointer finger mm-hmm. and place it on your navigation computer. Okay. And then a little light is going to come from her pointer finger and mm-hmm. illuminate against the navigation computer and your navigation computer is going to show coordinates to the center of the planet and then she's going to turn to you and say so normally if a ship were to try to go into the center of a planet like this it would be crushed boom wow not good yeah but i am i am very aware of this as a pilot and then she goes but watch this and then she's going to take a little knife out of her belt instinctively my hand goes to my gun again or i guess to my sword hilt again and she goes oh no 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 no! don't worry everything's okay i'm not going to do anything to you and the ship will be totally fine and you've done this you've done this before about two thousand years ago yeah and you said my ship was primitive okay let's just go for it what's the worst that could happen i I die and my friends don't know what happened to me (laughs) uh she's going to take her little knife and say 
oh, great. I'm so excited. This is going to be so much fun. And then she takes her knife and she stabs it into the hull of the ship. I love it. And the view screen, the, um, or it would be, do you have like a window on your ship, I'm assuming, in the, in the cockpit? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm not a geth, so I probably do want a window. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. No windows are just weak points on the hull. And so if you were, if you were looking at all of the windows right now, uh, there would be a purple, like a, a light that's purple bathing the window. It's kind of covering the window. You can still see out of it. But everything is now in a purple hue. And you're able to now navigate your ship, she explains, to the coordinates that she put in the Nava computer. Yeah, this is sure, definitely. Uh, and I will just start flying. Yep, just going to trust the fairy creatures. Sounds good. Um, it's the worst that could happen when you're trusting the fairy creatures. So you would know that at a certain point in a gas giant's atmosphere, it begins to become unsafe to fly. Mm-hmm. And as a pilot, you are reaching that point. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine you're probably kind of concerned because this mm-hmm. is really something that a ship shouldn't do. Uh-huh. But you know, However, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, if I am the first pilot to have flown into a gas giant in the last 2,000 years, my chosen last name becomes way cooler. That is pretty cool. Dang. Um, your ship seems fine. You bypass this point, and it feels almost as if you're flying just as easily as you were. In fact, it kind of seems like your ship is doing better than it was, or before your whole ship was bathed in purple light. So if if you were to take a bird's eye view of this, take a step back, you would see the Vagabond, this gray and orange hull, flying into this dense field of gas, bathed in a purple light. And then you continue to go deeper and deeper down. And there's no issue with your ship going into this planet. And eventually, you're going to reach the center of the planet. And then one of the one of the Tritidaire is going to look at the others and say, oh, I think we made it. We're here. We finally made it. Oh my goodness. This is so exciting for you. Other people don't get to do things like this. I was just looking at you. Yeah. So the father in that we've gone the more excited I kind of am because, like you said, people don't do this. And, you know, the the fake names that I picked for myself, the, the last name is Starworth. And, uh, you know, I now get to know what the star is worth. It's pretty cool. It's too bad if I told anyone they wouldn't believe me. They'll say, yeah, they probably wouldn't. But we can maybe leave you with some evidence. One of them's going to look at you and say, so I have an idea. Are you ready to hear it? Uh, ready? Probably not, but um, let's hear it anyway. Well, your drift engine is made of some materials that would work well for what we're trying to do. If you wanted, you could donate your drift engine to us, and we could put it at the center of the planet and then enchant it a little bit with, you know, a little woo, and then, and then you would be leaving your mark on the universe for the rest of eternity. So, this is an interesting idea. One question. How does my ship travel through drift space without a drift engine? Oh, oh, we would, we, would, we would help you with that. You see, if you would like to donate your drift engine, Desna would smile kindly upon your gift. And then that would allow one of us 
to donate the power that we were going to use to you. And then your engine would be preserved at the heart of this future star. And then we would be able to give you our light that will never die out and help you travel wherever you need to go. Can I roll sense motive? Go ahead. Or sense insanity or... They're just so positive, and the, the overwhelming positivity is uh, disconcerting. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. That is a 28. Yeah, they love to have fun. They love to meet new people. They're super excited about doing this, and they legitimately think this is a great idea. They want to share. Sure, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? Again, what's the worst that could happen? I'm already inside a gas giant. So they'll explain. So this is amazing. I'm so excited that you want to do this. Uh, what you'll need to do then is disconnect your drift drive and then we can fly out and then put it where it needs to go. And then we can just, you know, we can, we can deal with your engines after we do that. That sounds like a plan. Um, give me engineering and it's going to determine how long it takes to disconnect your, your drift drive. It is a 18. Probably will take you about three hours to disconnect the drift drive. As you do this, these little Tritidaire are going to be hanging out with you and helping you and talking to you. Is there anything specific you want to ask them in that time? Interesting. Inter interesting. Yes, actually. Can Okay, so Dexter can't, like, lift and carry physical objects, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay, so I'm going to explain to one of these Tritidaire yeah. exactly where I have placed the wooden ball. Ooh, okay and ask them to bring it out and if, and then ask any of the four of them if they know what it is cool. or what what its use might be since i have you know extra plater entities hanging out with me in the center of a gas giant they one of them will go grab it and bring it back and she seems concerned as she's holding it she says i don't like this normally we don't play with things like this I, I really don't want to hold it. Can you hold it for me? And then she's... Oh, of course. Okay, and so she says, that that thing, it's not bad. It's actually supposed to be a good thing, but it kind of does bad things to to make good things happen. So, so where we're from, Elysium, mm -hmm. that's like the plane where, where everything's really good, but like Devesh will, Devesh will go ah! <laughs> and she'll say yeah like that everything's good but at the same time it's it's very whoa things are crazy there and, and out of sorts and out of order but everything kind of somehow comes together to make good things happen this one this one's not from 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 where we are and this one almost does bad things in 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 a different plane to to get bad people to become good people and it, it changes bad people into good people but not at their own will so so it, it's like a good thing but it, it's also kind of scary because like i wouldn't want somebody to change me from what i am and so she explains basically the the object can take some sort of entity and turn it from like an evil alignment mm -hmm. into a good alignment briefly. Interest, interesting. Not forever. Yeah. But briefly. Yep. Gonna gonna put that in the proverbial bag of holding and hold on to that for a rainy day. Sounds good. 
and she's going to continue. Is there anything else that you wanted to ask them throughout these three hours? Yeah, uh, clearly they are in tune with the arcane or mystic energies. Is it possible that they would be able to teach me, like, I don't know how else to say it other than definitely using the um, trademarked force push, but is there, can they teach me how to force push? Hmm. Uh, they say, we really wish that we could help you with that, but that requires teachers who can spend more time with you. And Desna has asked us to do some things after this and we have to move on. That's fair. This yeah. Is, this, that's okay. I appreciate that you wanted to help. So it's the uh -huh. thoughts that counts. And they'll, they'll kind of continue talking about your ship and talking about their adventures and explaining what they've done in the past and... I'm going to move on unless you have other things that you want to talk to them about, which you're more than welcome to do. We have plenty yeah. of time. One final question. So you know how, like, on the, the material plane, we categorize spells into levels? If you had to pick one second-level spell, which one would you pick? <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking them as me as the GM? Yep, uh-huh, 100%. Okay. Let me look it up. Give me a sec. Wait, Polymorph is a second? What the hell? What is Starfinder? One of them says, oh, for, for, for a person like you, you fly like us, there's an ability that you can learn that allows you to fly. That would be really neat. You should, you should do that one. And then another one's going to chime in and say, oh, but you know what would also be really cool is if you could turn invisible, because we can also kind of do that. And most people can't see us. And then they'll continue, and one of the other ones is going to jump in and say, another one that would be really neat is if you could change gravity's effect on you. And so those are the three suggestions that they'll give. Okay, by the time you disconnect your drift drive, they are going to be ready to go outside and move your drift drive into the center of the planet, the exact center. And so what you will see looking out the cockpit window is your ship is supposedly just off center of the planet's core, and they are going to take this drift drive and push it directly into what would be the center of the planet. One of them is going to stab it with their knife, and the drift drive is going to, it's, it's going to be emanating bright purple light, but it is in the shape of your drift drive. And then they'll return onto the ship and say, okay, so then our part of the deal, and each one of them is going to look at each other and say, are you guys ready? And they're going to nod at each other and then go one, two, three, now. And then on now, they're all going to stab the ship at the same time. As that happens, your ship is going to, everything is going to glow in a purple light. It will begin to die down. And then one of them is going to explain, this light will never die out. Your new engine is a little bit faster than before. And it also allows you to visit us in Elysium if you want to ever want to go on adventures again. One of them's going to jump in and say, oh, but if you do visit us on Elysium, just beware the cosmic storms. Do know that you will always find bravery and goodness untamed and wild within our original plane. Many of us live here in the material plane, often unseen, but we never hide when we visit Elysium. So you'll always be able to find us there if you want to have more adventures together in the future. Thanks for the fun. One of them is going to walk over, touch your Nava computer, and then that's going to lead you outside of the planet or back out to the upper atmosphere. Before I leave, I'm going to ask them a favor. Mm -hmm. Friends, do you think that it would be possible? I know that there is abilities, I think it is called life shell or life 
bubble or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you could cast that on me so that I could just float for a second inside the gas giant? Or would that like crush me to death? Uh, they say, oh, that would be so much fun. Let's do it. And I uh, don't freak out. Uh, one of them will say, okay, please don't be scared. This is going to look really scary, but it's not actually that bad, okay? And then she's going to take her knife, aim it at the center of your chest, uh-huh. <laughs> and then it, it, it's going to turn into a blade of light. It's not an actual knife blade. Uh-huh. Yep. She's going to stab the center of your chest. Yep. And as that happens, this purple light is going to kind of form a bubble around your body, and she's going to say, okay, you're ready now, and then you can open up the ship and head out of the ship cool. and float around for a bit. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to ask Dexter to take a picture of me out the, like, viewport of the on the bridge. Sounds good. <laughs> Just, like, thumbs up selfie for uh, whatever the interstellar equivalent of Facebook is. Cool. Yeah, he'll, he'll go and do it. And you now have a shot for the gram, the space gram. Yep, space gram. Hashtag tabrid major, hashtag inside a soon-to-be star, hashtag what is life. Um, and before they part from you, before they say goodbye, they're going to say, if you ever want to visit us on Elysium, all you need to do is turn on your drift engine and think about the most chaotic storm that you can, and it will drop you right into Elysium as long as you fly into the nearest star. Excellent. That is... Um... I'm sorry, could you say that again? Oh, it's not very hard. All you have to do is just turn on your drift engine, touch yeah. your Nava computer, think about the most chaotic storm that you can imagine, uh-huh. and then just fly straight into the star that you can find that's closest to you. Yeah, that's going to take... Um, I mean, having done this with you guys, I am all for this plan. However, convincing my crewmates to fly into a star? Um. Oh, uh, speaking about your crewmates, one of your crewmates, I think is really close to stars. What? (laughs) What do you mean? Oh, well, well, yeah, when we came aboard, we sensed you because of your connection, but we also sensed a little bit of leftover magic from someone else who's on board here. Is there anybody else who's really good with stars or or likes to travel in stars or or knows a lot about stars or, or maybe uses stars when they do things? I don't know. Oh, yes. Um, Jack, she is, uh, what does she call herself? Uh, Sol, Sol, Salido, Sol, Solarian. Solarian is what she Oh, yes. The last person that we ran into 2,000 years ago was a Solarian. They knew how to do this as well. Um, so, question. Can you, just so that I have it, like, right in the ship's log and stuff, um, what is my drive called now? I don't know. I don't know what you would call it, but we're from Elysium, so maybe I'm going to type in Elysium Drive. Drive. There you go. It's going in the sheet right now. And then they're just going, um, they just say, thanks for the fun. This was great. We really hope that you'll visit us in Elysium in the future so we can have more adventures together. I don't know if it'll be specifically us that you visit, but I'm sure any one of us would be glad to spend time with you again. Yeah, I would I would very much enjoy to do the thing. Excellent. And then they'll say goodbye and then lead your ship through the hole. They'll kind of phase through the hole. And then they'll go up to your viewport or your view window and just wave. And then every single one of them is going to turn into a ball of light and then zip off into, into wherever. Space. That's amazing. 
um, and I'm you gonna, have coordinates back to the upper atmosphere. I'm going to turn and look at Dexter. Dexter, I know usually is that you don't like calculating odds, but what do you think the odds are that the rest of the crew is going to believe this? Well, Captain Zavesh, now that our ship turns purple every time we fly somewhere, I think the odds are better than they were if we just tried to explain it. However, this eventuality is quite unexpected, and therefore I am unable to calculate probability at this point in time. Thank you, Texas. That was um, most enlightening. Okay, and I'm going to sit down at the piloting station and... Are you heading to Tabard Minor? That is an excellent question. Um, yeah, yeah, let's go back to Tabard. Give me a D4. Oh, it's so much it's so much faster. Hey, it's a one. Okay, so it takes you another day to get back to Tabrid Minor. So essentially you drop the rest of the party off, mm-hmm. one day out, have this little encounter, one day back. Thank you so much for joining us as we are back on the air. We appreciate your support. If you like what you hear, please follow us on Twitter at Galaxy Greatest and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you use. Furthermore, I'd like to give a special thanks to Abe Nurkowicz for editing this episode. Continue with the group next time as they investigate the Discorp attack at Volnti on Tabard Minor. <laughs>